We them guys, let me bring you on the block. This the movie, Red Box. We don't like the Red Sox. Fire hydrants on blast when the town get hot. Drink tequila by the ounce at the hookah spot. If you ain't from here, you cannot survive here. But you with the crew, so you can come disguise here. Step up in our shoes, let us give you the news. And tell you all the things that others who scared to. My city worldwide, so how can I fear you? We wasn't raised on the sick code, I'ma spare you. This is not a scene that you can compare to. You might as well soak it all in while you here, dude. Cause this is the birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds and the show's begun. I said, birthplace of rap, R.I.P. the pun. Couple more seconds and the show's begun. And that's from the Bronx with love, from the Bronx with. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with. Bronx with love, from the Bronx with. Welcome to From the Bronx with Love, a podcast where we explore pop culture, food, music, and as a bonus, random rants all done with a multicultural lens. We're your hosts, Karen and Dom. Welcome, everyone, to the second episode of the season. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Already, and I'm losing count. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing, Dom? How's that cold going? I am healed i'm a new person i am the uh embodiment of perfect health no i'm not um but i am feeling better (laughs) (laughs) that's good Mm -hmm. how are you well i think i am getting sick okay what is getting sick to you you're just you know just a sniffle here and there and then you're ready to party for seven days straight (laughs) instead of 10 days it, it is actually some sniffles, but I'm like, oh, nope. I woke up today with like a, this the stuffy nose. Let me just stay at home. I don't want to risk it. Oh, wow. Okay, so drink tea, yes, but drink water. Because people don't realize that like teas and soups, although liquids, they're dehydrating liquids. They're di- like they're going to dehydrate you. So keep your when you're um especially when you do have a cold, drink more water than you actually are supposed to. Oh, okay, good to know. Yeah. So like not even supposed to, then you're usually to, I'm sorry. Um drink more water than you usually drink, not more than you're supposed to because then you'll drown. Um <laughs> Um, yeah, so drink more water than you usually will. Um, yes, have teas, sweat it out, um, take hot showers. And um, in addition to vitamin C um, and rose hips, definitely take zinc. Either take the supplements, so it's zinc, Z-I-N-C. Either take the supplements in the pill form or you can take cold ease, which is the word cold hyphen ease, which is E E Z E. Take those. They're like cough drops. You take two to four, um, you take them two to four hours a day or yeah, within the day. So I would say like take four a day. Okay. Um, zinc cuts the cold symptoms in half. So it like will stop it in its tracks. So let's say you'll have a cold for five days. You'll probably have a cold for two days. If, if that, if you really take it once you're starting to feel symptoms, like the first time you feel like, um, runny nose, coughs, sore throat, Mm -hmm. take zinc, take zinc, vitamin C, drink water. Those are the three things. And then sleep. 
that's like the the recipe yes. to to um shorten your cold. Yeah, shorten your cold, feel better. Um and then you won't get the aches and pains too that comes with like the really late stages of colds or you're <sighs> like uh you know. Um I I do this also because like I'm actually not a big fan of soups. I don't like that's not a thing for me. Like I, I'll drink. I'll, I'll drink. You see this? Eat or drink? I don't know. It's it's so. It's a solid. Is it a liquid? I don't know. I'll have soup, so I don't hate it. But like that's not. I like having soup just as sustenance when you're on a cold drives me crazy. So like that's why I'm like I'm never the person to be like just soup and tea. I'm like no. I can count how many times I have soup in a month basically on one hand. That's how I feel about soup. I love soup, especially yeah. in the winter time. But French fries, oh, obviously, or like solid foods. <laughs> but no, th- those are good for you, though. It like helps you sweat it out. Um, soups and teas, it does help you sweat it out. But don't only rely on soups and teas. No, of course, you yeah. also need the medicine. Yes. Now, actually, when you were mentioning the shower to take mm-hmm. a, a warm shower. Mm-hmm. I want to share with you an experience that I had the other day where I was completely out of, out of this world. I felt like I was going to be like, Oh, it deals with showers, warm showers. Is it going to be X rated? Should we put a explicit warning for (laughs) our, no, I had a brownie the other day and my crazy ass had a quarter (laughs) of it. And so I ate it and I'm there sitting, watching TV and I'm like, Hmm, I don't feel anything. Let me have the other half. Probably like an hour and a half later, that's when I started feeling it. It just <laughs> hit me like out of nowhere. Oh my goodness. I was on the train and I thought I was on a spaceship. The time just went by so slow. I felt that the distance between the train station and my apartment, mm-hmm. I felt that it was about a 20 minute walk when in mm-hmm. reality it's only about seven minutes mm-hmm. when I showered I felt like I was in the waterfall like that I was legit in nature taking a shower <laughs> under a waterfall that's amazing and then sleep it was like I I slept forever I'm telling you the sleeps on edibles are whew. I could wow I could do it forever. (laughs) Yeah, it is better than that. Yeah, that wow is exactly what I'm referencing. It's better than what you think I'm talking about. It's... (laughs) (laughs) And you know how much I love my sleep. So, like, a sleep that deep. Oh, my God. It's great. It's great. I remember um, when I was in L.A., I took an edible... Um, and it was it was really nice. Like my body felt really like floaty. I was like, like I said, I was on the beach. I felt like I was one with space. Every time I was on the swing, I was like, I'm gonna make it up to the stars. <laughs> um, but I had a similar experience to you, where I had like um, your brownie was homemade, right? Yes. Okay, so I had like four small homemade cookies because I'm like they're small. They're not gonna be that potent. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I was stoned for 36 hours. I was out of this world. I went to work smacked <laughs> out of my mind. I think I had two meetings that day too. 
I don't know how you did it because Mm -hmm. I felt like my eyes were so heavy, like that my lids were literally shutting down on me. Mm -hmm. And did you feel like you were on a delay? (laughs) Yeah, I did feel that way, but I felt it more in terms of my speech. Uh, Yeah, I wasn't talking that much. So I had to talk for a Mm -hmm. little while and I just felt like the sentences weren't making sense and I was trying (laughs) my hardest to keep it connected. I I just, I I felt like I was all over the place. That's true because I did text you. So like you texted me when you're like, this ain't even, this ain't even hidden. And I I, I don't think I responded. um, No. And then I asked you how you were feeling. And then I like just, I was just like casual because I'm like, she's high. So I was like, okay, I'm going to ask her how she's feeling. And then I'm like, guess what? I'm also like making this decision. And then you were like, what's going on? And I'm like, what? what happened (laughs) by that time I clearly remember that I woke up and I saw your text because as soon as I got home I went straight into bed okay Mm -hmm. I only took off my shoes and then everything else I just lay down Mm -hmm. and yeah I was just like waking up from time to time but I just felt like super sleepy and I was like I I can't answer this and if I did I'm pretty sure I didn't make any sense (laughs) No, grammatically, you made sense. <laughs> okay. Like the good. sentence, act, the actual sentence structure made sense. You still knew how to speak. <laughs> um, but it was just like, you were so shocked. And I was like, Karen, you know this. <laughs> <laughs> it was very oh. funny. The reaction was very funny. Oh, my God. I Yeah. Oh, also, I was going to tell you, like, my hearing, it just sharpened. Like, I could mm-hmm. hear every little thing. Mm-hmm. And I got super thirsty. Like my mouth was so dry. Yeah. I remember that happening to me too. I got so thirsty. But my, um, I think uh, my taste was sharpened. Okay. I, like after I had, so I had like four cookies, not in one sitting. I had like one cookie and then some time passed and I had like two cookies and then some more time passed and I had another cookie. So every time, like, they all had different release times, which, <laughs> which is why it was like 36 hours of nonstop nonsense with my brain. Um, <laughs> um, every time I ate chocolate specifically, I was like, this is so good. Like, I couldn't stop talking. That's another thing. I'm super repetitive on any controlled substance. And I say any controlled substance in quotes because I haven't tried them all. I've only tried the the just the more mainstream two, oh, right. which is alcohol and weed. And I'm yeah. not planning on trying anything else. Me either. Um, but like, with, like with, you know I'm drunk when I keep repeating that I want fries. Yes. <laughs> you know I'm high if I keep telling you how good chocolate tastes. I just know. wanted to share that with people because I, I know of someone that had tried them before. And this person had a very bad reaction. Like, he thought he was going to die and actually went to the emergency room. Oh, my. I know. So just FYI, guys, if this is, like, your first time having a homemade edible, just have, I I would say maximum, have a quarter. And that is it. Take it slow. Yep. 
because obviously like I knew what was happening because I had done it before. Not that intense though, but I was aware like, okay, this is going to pass in a matter of like maybe like 10 hours or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if you're a newbie to this, I, I could see why, why people would get scared or, you know, like feel like you're going to die or something like that. So just take it easy guys. But yeah, that was like my, my way of like self-care last week, mm -hmm. which did amazing, an amazing job. I really wish I had an edible during my cold. But speaking of self-care, mm -hmm. I did see some little purchases you did. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell me about that. So I, um, it's more like It's more because I guess it is self-care, but also like a bit of vanity because I hate having flaky skin and I also hate this weather. This is out of character for me to hate. I don't love, love winter. Like I'm not crazy. I don't like 15 degree weather. Mm -hmm. I prefer it over a hundred degree weather though. So okay. yeah, I don't like, I'm not obsessed with this kind of weather. I just would rather this than the other. Um, if I had to absolutely choose. Um, but this weather is turning against me. And I have very oily skin. I naturally have oily skin. But for this cold weather wind to be so dry that even I'm not producing oily, like I'm, I'm not as oily as I normally am. I was like, this is a problem. And this is climate change's fault. I have to get it in home sauna. <laughs> That is, that's my response to climate change. <laughs> you get an, an in-home sauna. Yeah. So I, like I said, I hate, 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 hate humidity, but I do really like the results I get. Um, when I have been in the sauna, the few times that I've been, I have liked it a lot. Um, and I'll, say the main reason the only reason I even decided to go into the sauna is because um Karen's high-key manipulative um <laughs> <laughs> and basically forced me to go into one um when I was at um in a gym membership that had all of these really nice amenities with a jacuzzi a pool and a sauna and Karen really wanted to live vicariously mm -hmm. Through me, no matter how much I suffered. That's just a little insight into her character. Um, so I did do it, and I love the results. And I once my uh, skin was flaking off while I was wearing makeup, and you know nothing messes with my makeup. So once my makeup is messed up with because of the elements, it's a wrap. Me and Mother Nature have issues. Um I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explore the sauna because I'm not no longer going to this gym, um, and I hate my whole body being hot. So this is actually a good compromise um, because my whole, like, I'm not sweating. My whole body's not sweating. It's just like my face, um, and I don't have the, I don't remember the name of it right now, but it is on Amazon for $39.99. Mm -hmm. um, and I like it. I like it. Um, it's pretty cute, even though I don't like the color pink. <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad price, though, for, for a steamer. Yeah. Yeah. 
I would suggest you get it, Karen, because I, you probably steam out your whole room and just be like, my home room's a sauna. <laughs> well, I did love the, the steam room or the sauna mm-hmm. back when I went to that bougie gym. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like every time I walked out, my skin was super, super soft and clean. So yep. uh, speaking of self-care, mm-hmm. today we have some amazing guests, Dom, which... I later mm-hmm. found out that it was like an MSV reunion. Yeah, we sprung it on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it was so great to have um, our first kickoff, our inaugural kickoff of um, our extended interview series uh, with great friends of mine from CMSV. So we're all very familiar with the Bronx or Upper Bronx area. Yeah, discuss, you know, their own personal experiences as it relates to the millennial gen um the millennial generation burnout article that we took a really deep dive into. And because they're really big on wellness, um Strav, he actually it like founded a wellness center and continues to do a lot of like um mindfulness, um, body work, yoga, meditation, all those great things. We decided to bring them in the fold and, you know, discuss a lot. Actually, we noticed that there were so many similarities, if not like all of them. Yeah. And it was really great to catch up and to discuss and to see how like we're all kind of in the same boat. We are. There were so much similarities that we discovered along the way, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to juggling different careers and side hustles yeah 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 so it was great um I hope you all enjoy there's a lot of laughing and giggling and it's it's good it it felt like it felt really cathartic to have this conversation and I hope you all feel the same way oh yeah this feels so so good hey everyone we are joined by our great friends well my great friends uh from uh cmsv so it's kind of a reunion slash catching up a little bit (laughs) as adults um but yeah Yeah. so excited to introduce strav and one of the tomorrow talk podcast that's part of the true conversations network strav he is a wellness facilitator and Juan, how does it go he talks it like he walks it um i'm not sure what that falls (laughs) under but (laughs) that's his title (laughs) welcome to the pod guys thank you oh thank you very much happy to be here happy to be here (laughs) how have you guys been We've been good. We've been good. Fantastic. It's been a, it's it's you know what it's a nice start to the new year after a nice active holiday season. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Oh, we took awesome. a long break. You did? Oh yeah, we took <laughs> I think it was like a two month break, Dom. Yeah, we did. Um we have, so we've been like working really workshopping like this season we're really excited to like launch season three and we're like we're gonna have more guests and you know we're gonna have all these changes and during the break we were like excited to like you guys also know like we 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 announced with you we're excited to announce like in that whole thing I was like oh my god I told people like it seemed like seven months ago that we're going to be doing collaborations and we're just like, "Mm, you know, we'll sleep it. We'll sleep on it. (laughs) 
we'll just get there. We'll just get yeah, there. Just we'll keep driving. Just totally, totally yeah. understand. Just be available when we call yeah. you. <laughs> but it's been really relaxing. Um, uh, it like it perfectly. It's like a perfect segue into <laughs> the topic um, of discussion today because I really felt like I. I think I mentioned this on the last episode in part one when we were talking about like uh, millennial burnout. I feel like it's an exhaustion in my bones and it's been good like the two months that we took off, Karen, to like really like recuperate. I don't know, it like took two weeks for me to remember like my full name, you know? <laughs> That's so. quite- that's quite the impact there. Yeah. Yeah. You really touched base on it about like the Manette, ah, English drive, <laughs> um, the, the <laughs> burnout. Cause I think people don't understand how stressful it can really be to be in your twenties and that how to solve all your problems on, on all ends and taking on everything all at once. Yes. At the same time. Right. At, at a high level with no, with, with, with no little to no mistakes. And the impact that has on an individual's, you know, mental wellness and, and, Mental health as well, too, is very impactful. Trying to fulfill the significant expectations that people have of us. Yeah, as you say, some as you say, like that about our twenties. You know what? Like I noticed, I don't know, maybe like a couple of years ago, I noticed, like, oh, you know, your twenties are like the time to like relax and have fun and figure out yourself, which oh, is valid. Like <laughs> I'm still like I'm twenty seven, and I don't like I don't have a mortgage and I'm not paying any, like I'm not paying a car note or anything like that. So like, I don't have like adult, adult responsibilities, but I've had to (laughs) graduate, find gainful employment, keep that employment and like make those really important strides for like what people say your 30s should be. And you know what? Like that's not that's not as like rosy and fun and like uh la vida es un carnaval as people put it out to be. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it's not a party. Oh, a sentence. <laughs> that was a sentence. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to like we're talking about like really like a decade basically of our lives, but I wanted to like ask you guys what are key moments in your life where you've like felt that you've been like really drained and how how has that impacted you guys i think do you want to go first or you want to go first i would insist please oh thank you <laughs> thank you <laughs> um i think for me it would be um all of 2018 was pretty was pretty like stressful for me mm-hmm. um, uh, it's, i opened up a business wayward wellness Um, which focused on helping people uh, achieve um, mental wellness, physical wellness, spiritual wellness. Um, And then that grew with individual clients um, that then grew with uh, wellness workshops and sessions that my friend Anthony helps me with. And together we do all the workshops with each other. Um, And then as that progressed too, um, my mom began to speak to me about, you know, yes, having a business is is great. And then also like you're also working a corporate job, which is good too. But, you know, what are you doing for yourself and for this business that will propel it forward? So then Mm -hmm. I, stupid self, thought, Mm -hmm. hey, on top of two jobs and a podcast and um, uh, two jobs of a podcast and everything else I do, why don't I get my master's? Mm -hmm. So while 
while juggling all that, I, I kind of reached a point where I just became so drained from being pulled in sins. And, it, and my friend Anthony, during one of our workshops, he said himself that, you know, you kind of have to take a point where you have to really focus on yourself introspectively and what you're doing for your own mental health and for your own self before you can really help others. Because if you continue to pour into others, what are you leaving left for yourself? Oh, that's good. Good. Compliments of Anthony Tantillo. <laughs> oh, I was going to say that you were doing a lot. When did you sleep? It just sounds like it was so much. I've, I've been very open about it on, on our show as well. So like our listeners and my friends know about this too, but um, I've been diagnosed with anxiety and ADHD. So for me, I'm very hyperactive. So like, I always need to stay busy. I always need to be moving. I always want to like be, every time I, I achieve one thing, I'm very curious about what like the next best thing could be is um you know especially like being uh, in a haitian household you know my mother was always like you can never be complacent you always have to work twice as hard like what what is going to be the next step moving forward Uh, you know you have to be the loudest person in the room vocally loud but by having your achievements be as loud as they can be i mean but because we're haitian we still are vocally loud (laughs) Indeed, us, us, well, there's us, also us, us Caribbean Islanders. We are right, so loud, so, so loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. like I think I mentioned this to Karen. It's like sometimes when, especially when my my dad is calling Haiti, it's like he doesn't need the phone. That's how loud he's projecting that they're gonna hear him where he is in Haiti. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's how loud he is. <laughs> It's like all Haitians are born with like a beginning octave of like 10. <laughs> <laughs> How so about you, Juan? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no it's no, fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> cut us off. Because um, uh, my spoil myself, I think, um, to know 2018 was rough. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I, 2018 was cool, but like, mm, I could fight 2018. <laughs> <laughs> I could fight it. But uh, um, if, if, I, if I saw 2018, it may catch a spade. But um. But 2017, I think, was a rough year for me. Uh, that's where I felt like the most drained because um, I left school and then I got three jobs at the same time wow. on top of moving into Washington Heights with my grandfather, uh, who's 93, bless mm-hmm. him. Um, and he's in good health for 93, but he still needs someone to be there to care for him and such. And I think it was, I was working three jobs at once for about two months and I didn't have a day off for two straight months. And it was at, at one point it just got to me and I said, bro, I haven't slept in two days. Wow. Damn it. I can't, I can't do anything. So, um, so I eventually quit one job, then gave my attention to another, to my other two jobs. And then I quit the other job and gave my attention to my full-time job, my nine to six uh, sales job. And that's just, and it's, um, I was just tapped out because i mentally I was just drained from one job to the other, one job to the other, worrying about how I'm going to get there on time, how I'm going to pay this bill off and that bill off and pay this guy back for school and pay the student and start paying off student loans. That's when I started paying off student loans, those awful things. Um, how am I going to pay that on time? And then looking for an apartment then paying my rent off my apartment. It was more so just uh, the responsibilities caving in that I wasn't mm-hmm. yet. And it was just me kind of, uh, it was just the matchstick, like wearing down to its bottom, and uh, 
me feeling that that burn pretty hard for about two or three days and then just adjusting to it and just having to bounce back as best as I could. But I think that was my number one, like absolute millennial burnout when I could not, I physically couldn't handle it. I physically was drained and I couldn't do anything. I wasn't, I was oversleeping. I was getting to places late. I was, I w- it was, um, it was, uh, you ever seen the episode of uh, Lizzie McGuire where she like, where, oh no, that's uh, Sabrina, where she just, she says something for like the witch class, like in school, in high school. And she says the answer for like high school and like her witch class. And she's like, yo, I can't get this. <laughs> I I remember doing that. I was like, I did something for one job at one job and then did the 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 other thing for the other job. And and I was like, oh, whoa. Wow. I can't do this. So that was my burnout moment. But I think I've bounced back very nicely since. Oh. But it was, to say the least. Wow. That, I want to say, like, I feel um, like my heart, like solidarity to you all. I feel like my heart goes out. But then I also feel a sense of comfort, which is what I said, like when reading that article, like we're in the same boat because Karen and I have similar um, backgrounds. I think um, Strav, when I was um, in grad school, I was also working two jobs. And Karen also has been like employed with two jobs at the same time. And it's like... That is so common. Like, how? What are the odds that four people from different walks of life have similar stories, especially when it comes to like their professional lives? It's like that tells you that this is actually the norm, not an right. outlier. Yeah, it's real. It, the, the expectations that our generation has on us is just call it overwhelming is an understatement. Because upon um, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Upon leaving school, you have to have a job that's six figures while paying student loans off in a year, getting a house, well, moving out of your parents' house, wherever house you live in, getting a house that's furnished completely and has a bunch of nice stuff in it, and paying your mortgage off on time, and then finding a spouse of some sort that fits you perfectly with no problems whatsoever. Upon leaving school, the second you graduate, then you get that piece of paper, you got to get all that figured out ASAP. Right. And then that's what that's what the that's what the model of it was. Like that was the rubric we're supposed to follow set by the boomers. But the thing is, even if we do all those things, like the system isn't set up for us to succeed in such a way like that. Like it's not even that easy for us to be for our employment to match our education levels sometimes. You know what I mean? A lot of millennials are now overqualified and underpaid. Not like how boomers would just have one internship and then go straight into that job and work for 30 years and retire nicely. Must be nice. I know. <laughs> um, I, um, that's, I, I, like I said, I feel like a lot of solidarity. Both of you, yeah, what's your yeah, story? Yeah, because I, I know you two stay so busy as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it took us eight months for this collaboration to finally happen. So <laughs> that should tell you something. Um, I don't know if you want to go ahead, Karen. And sure, um, I kind think... of a superwoman. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, I think in like 2018 is when I took up more jobs, and so I was sometimes working three jobs. It was one, you know, my regular 10 to 6. And then on the weekends as well, I had another job not related to my field. And then sometimes I would take on different gigs 
it wasn't like every single weekend, but from time to time, uh, I would come out of my Saturday job, go straight into like the night shift and then wake up the next day. Cause I had to sometimes work a double on Sunday. So that's what I did for like the entire 2018. Wow. That's rough. That, that that's is so, rough. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard with multiple jobs. And then that, that night shift on top of it. Ugh. Yeah. The, the, when I did the night shift, that's when I felt like it took a toll on my body because then on Mondays I would usually work from home cause I needed to catch up on sleep. Right. So that was like the good thing from the job that we have because we can work from home. So I used that to my advantage and like, okay, I can stay in, catch up on sleep and, you know, feel a little bit better. Right. I think not a lot of people know that I would do like the third job, like from time to time, but it was extra money. So I was like, you know what? I might as well do it right now that I have the opportunity and I I, I feel like my body recuperates faster versus like, you know, right now we're all young versus if I was doing this when I'm like 50 or something, then it would be way more difficult. No, Karen, your body recuperates fast, period. Like you are on another level. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know that Karen, I always say this on the show, but like Karen will like go out or whatever. Let's say she goes out. She does have some time. Or she is working a night shift and like it ends like four o'clock in the morning without hesitation. Her body wakes up at 7 a.m. I go to sleep at midnight and I can't wake up until like the next day. I have that. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a want to a T as well. I can't I cannot physically sleep past 10 a.m. Oh, my God. Yeah, Uh, me neither. My body is used to waking up at a certain time. I can't, I can't get past 10 a.m. I have to be like, oh, I got to go out and do stuff. No, I have to, like, make sure I'm in bed at a certain time if I have to get up early and then, like, set my alarm. I put my alarm clock, I put it at the highest, um, and then I put it, like, across my room so I physically have to get out of bed and turn the alarm off. Oh, you are a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to wake up if I, like, if I don't get that those hours of sleep it's either like i if i sleep past 2 a.m then i'm like pulling an all-nighter that's basically it it's like all or nothing like 2 a.m is my max (laughs) wow yeah because i'm like i'm gonna oversleep and there's like this <laughs> massive pressure too for like young adults because it's like similar to what Karen was saying too that you know it, it's it, rather get all this stuff done now than like having to worry about it in your fifties and it's kind of like the shadow that like that weighs over ahead of just like well if I don't get this done now if I don't save now if I don't make a dent in my student loans if I don't get this job that job learn this thing that thing then how am I going to do it later on when I'm supposed to have a family a career mortgages like all that so i think that also like that fear of like the unknown kind of like plays a part into as well it's hot um yeah i would say a lot of what fed what feeds that fear is the fact that like our generation yeah i think yeah our parents were really impacted um with the financial crisis because you know they have mortgages or like like adult adult bills to pay but like we grew up in it and I think there's like that, like that trauma shapes your worldview. It's like, wow, the stock market crashed, especially at pivotal moments. Like I graduated four months after the stock market crashed. You graduated a year afterwards, Strab. And like, 
the job market, like you go to college for a job market, a lot of people couldn't even afford to go away. Like a lot of people went to the community college and like, here I am thinking like, okay, I was, um, fortunate enough to get a, um, scholarship in addition to financial aid. But like, I, I'm going to school where they're like, the unemployment rate is like 17%. And that doesn't just happen. Like that doesn't resolve itself within four years. You know what I mean? So I'm already um, swimming upstream and that's like everyone. That's like everyone in our generation. Like when, if we all like went to school during the crash and you know, like, well, school equals job and job equals um, financial capital like if we can't get one, then we can't get the other. So that's why there, I think there is a hyper drive to save and to be like, we have to do this because we just, it's there's It's so precarious. We just don't know when something else might happen. Right. And then the stakes are higher than like, like Karen said, like at 50, the stakes are ob- hopefully are going to be higher. Like hopefully we'll have property and family <laughs> and things like that. Well, a big thing that assisted me uh, financially through the growth of all this was um, one of my good buddies I've spoken on our show often enough, Mike. Um, he's great. I love him. Uh, he introduced me to the 40-30-30 rule, which is from every one of your paychecks, it's 40% goes to your bills immediately, 30 goes mm-hmm. in your savings, and 30 is your spending money. For like mm-hmm. you. And oh, nice. it's up to that. But like once you do that and kind of get set in it after a few paychecks, it's pretty nice. It's pretty, you feel very financially stable. Oh, great. And then you can do that time and you have to like be like, oh, that's a big ass bill. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I do the, I want my waist tiny and my pockets fat. <laughs> that's, that's my uh, method. So like today or not today, or like we got paid. Um, I got paid actually Friday ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, all right, this, I already had it set out, go like fiddle, bill, bill, auto pay, um, whatever. And then I like, I wrote down a list of like groceries and I really, I extracted, um, at least like 70% of like all the takeout. Like that's a big vice for me is takeout. (laughs) So she is like a millennial and like, you know, you're on the go. Like I just, and I love food. So it's not even like, I'm taking out just for sustenance. I'm like taking out because I'm like, Oh, I want to try this. I want to try that. And I'm in the mood for that. So I cut that out. Um, it's a major part I cut out. Actual spending has mostly been bills and like feeding myself. And then like, that's it. (laughs) Food I think is like my number one thing too. Mm-hmm. You yeah. don't realize how much money you spend on food and Amazon are my biggest problems. We don't. Let's not talk about Amazon. That's like a whole nother conversation. <laughs> <laughs> problem. I'm not like, do I do this? And I was like, No, nah, well, I, I do, and that's it. the problem. I don't do it because I'm always on Amazon shopping. And then, similar to Dom, like I now I'm trying to I'm trying to teach myself how to cook food so that way but cook more food so I start saving more money mm-hmm. but before I, I was on the go all the time in 2018 so I would mm-hmm. go home real something like Chinese pizza or something from like like or from wherever and then like get back out there to like get to my master's program or something for wayward or something for the podcast or whatever so I oh, 
food and Amazon, like those things dry up my paychecks so much. So quickly. Yeah. I think we all can agree that food is like one of the biggest ones. I think like for me, it's also uh, clothing because I have a spending tracker on my phone. So every single thing that I spend money on, even if it's like $2 buying an empanada, I jot it down. Mm -hmm. And when I look at the breakdown, it's always food and clothing. I have that app on my phone, spending tracker. Uh, I can't mm-hmm. have spending. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, I do not want to know. It helped me sure my shit up, man. Me too. <laughs> it's like a big like, reality like, check. <laughs> yeah. And I don't eat out that much because usually for work, I bring out, I bring my own lunch. But the thing is that I like to eat at Sort of like fancy places, like on the weekends. Greeting <laughs> yourself. Yes, exactly. And Karen is not a lightweight either. If, if I see like this drink that looks cool or whatever, or there's tequila or there's mezcal in it, you bet I need to try it. So, yeah. I just that need to like, like, I need a whiff of a margarita <laughs> and I'm good. Oh, that has honey in it? Okay. Okay, I'll take it. Has any? Oh, okay. <laughs> that's me to a team. <laughs> yeah, that's a, okay. I think we could all agree with Karen on that point. Because that if I go to a nice restaurant with like friends and everything, and then like the waiter's just like, yeah, like we have like this new tequila, like we have this new red wine, and I'm just like, you go, what? Yeah, uh, we'll try that why immediately. Is not, why <laughs> like, is it not in my hand yeah. already? <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> oh, oh thank you. food is so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but do you yeah. guys do you guys think that because obviously like you know we go out more often and we probably spend way more on Amazon than we should and like with clothing, do you think like that's one of the reasons why we take up more jobs than our parents would in the past? Um 50-50 because the cost of things back when our parents and that exactly things was a lot less. That's what I was gonna say. Like it is a lot less. <laughs> like thing, yeah, like structurally things are more expensive and wages are still stagnant. So it seems like we're spending a lot more than our parents. I think like we're spending on different things than our parents. Like like going out, that's yeah. not a thing my parents used to do. So like it's hard for me to compare. <laughs> Or like eating out, they're like they're Haitian. Haitians don't eat out, <laughs> and if right. Haitians eat out, they're going to eat out at a Haitian eating restaurant. Out, eating out for Caribbean Islanders is going to someone else's kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> eating whatever they make, and usually someone else's kitchen is wherever your neighbor is. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I mean yeah, exactly. So, but like I don't know, like even if they were eating out. It's much. It was. It would have been much cheaper back then. Hundred percent. Yeah. But also think like it, it's way easier for us to get around. It's mm-hmm. way say that the instant gratification. But Uber. Come on, man. Before yeah. our parents would be like, "Yo, taxi," and then tax, and then the, and also think about back in the day for our parents, a one fare for like the subway, or the train was two seventy five. No, no, no. For us, it's two seventy five. For them, it was like oh. what. A token. It, a token it was, I, th- I think it was like a. I think it was a dollar twenty-five or something. 
<sighs> yeah, I was just gonna say, I was like, I remember when I was young, my parents had like the very few times when they because I'm Strav and I are from Rockland County, so we're like suburban. Um, I but I the very few times they have gone, they would come back with tokens. And I remember when I graduated and I was like starting to work in the city, my parents are like, Okay, man, make sure you have enough money for your tokens. I was like, <laughs> My what? <laughs> um, at least your parents gave you a warning. My mom has never taken me into the city. Like she knows nothing about the city. So when I first got to Mount St. Vincent and my first time going to like Manhattan was a complete culture shock for me. Oh wow. Yeah. I knew nothing how- about tokens, metro cards, like I got a system, like none of that. Like, okay, how many t- how much money do you guys spend on Uber a month, right? Or Lyft if you use Lyft. Or on uh, on um, Grubhub or Seamless, you know, it's like not only like eating out is like expensive, but the ordering thing is even more expensive because you're ordering through a third party app, and then there's Uber. You can go, you can literally go anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can literally Uber everywhere. Then there's Uber Eats. Yes, yeah, for those places that don't deliver. We, we have the option to spend so much money mm-hmm. so many ways than anyone has before. That's so true. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean. I feel like part of the reason is probably going to sound pretty cynical, but like it kind of does go into burnout, but like we're tired. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like Definitely. these services kind of came out out of necessity. I think, I mean, there's other reasons why, but I'm like thinking about like why we need so many like delivery services and like um, instant in terms of like things coming to us because like even in the article and I like Karen and I talked about this like the, the smallest task because there's there was just a, such such overwhelming drain of energy with like work being like 70% of your life the smallest thing um the writer could not like she wrote she's like I have errand paralysis I could not run errands you know what I mean? <laughs> so, like, small That's things right. like going to the bodega, like, I would sometimes, like, order from Jasper's, <laughs> which is, like, right around the corner for anyone who is familiar with the Riverdale area and Jasper's and Manhattan oh, College. I've been there so many times. Yeah. yeah, I would order, like, it was, it was, like, right around, like, I could walk faster than I could make the phone call to Jasper. But <laughs> instead, I made the phone call because I, like, would come home exhausted and all i want to do is like be like drone out and eat like a chicken cutlet sandwich for french fries you know so like that 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 like kind of does tie into like yeah we're like talking about like yeah we're making all these choices but like some of these choices are driven by like how we feel right (laughs) um speaking of feelings though but I, i wanted to ask um all of you including karen um, cause I, Karen's no stranger to like, I'm very attuned to my body. Like my body, like makes one creak. I'm like, Karen, I, something's up. This hasn't been happening before. I have like, actually right now I have like, um, a journal where I write down, um, <laughs> like changes I have. Cause I'm super, super, super attuned to any changes Stop. in my body. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to know like, what, like, how do you physically like, how does your body physically signal burnout for you guys? Like, when do you, like, start to really feel it settling in? Say, because we're so on the go, sometimes it's very easy to, like, ignore those signs. I think for me, it's more of, like, 
I, I, I don't know if like this makes sense, but I can literally feel when my body gets tired. Mm-hmm. Like I can literally feel it when I'm like pushing myself to go somewhere or forcing myself to go to a meeting or go to work or go to an event or something. Like I, I can feel it literally in my body when my body is tired, burnt out and has officially had enough. Um, so I, I don't know if that answers the question. It's not like a specific, like muscle that that kind of like goes into pain. It's just my whole body will kind of be give me like a warning of like, hey, we're gonna shut down today. I don't mm-hmm. know what you do about it, but that's just what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I I I understand what you're saying because for me, it's usually like my shoulders they get super super tense, mm-hmm. and that's when I know I'm like, okay, I'm overdoing it. I have to go to like some type of therapy, which I usually do because I go to like some deep tissue massage and just get enough sleep and just rest. That's when I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I physically, I'm just, I physically get slower. Yeah. I was going to say that's my trigger. You're like me. Yeah. Physically, uh, and like, I know like my mind is not as sharp. I talk way slower. I don't, I barely talk at all. I walk way slower. Everything takes longer. Yeah. That's when I know, that's when I know that my body's saying, yo, bro, take a back seat. Uh, yeah. When I, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I like, it's called brain fog. Like, I know, like, the actual technical term, but, like, when I start to feel kind of, like, how you're feeling, um, how you're explaining it, Juan, like, basically when I feel like I'm in molasses and, like, nothing, like, even if I would wake up, I would set my alarm for an hour because I know it takes me an hour to get ready now. It took me then, like, when I was, like, at the peak of things, grad school and two jobs, um, and, like, grad school, like, it wasn't, like, grad school I'm taking tests. It was, like, grad school and then, like, produce a film. <laughs> that was it. Like, I had to, like, be, like, an auteur filmmaker and do everything from production to editing. You know what I mean? So it's, like, that is also really, really um, taxing creatively and, like, mentally. Um, uh, I would feel, like, that point, like, I had to set, like, two hours because it would take an hour just to get up to get ready so I was like constantly late and I think um going back to the Ubers that was that was the summer Karen where I would kept like taking lifts to the office because I just like was so late by the time to get to the train thankfully we did like work in a space where like you kind of can like create your own hours and like you know um you can show up in the office like 11 <laughs> which is which was my time but I would actually be showing up around like 12 and 1 which is like terrible I felt like I was in molasses and I was really waiting like waiting through a fog so that's like what my body signals <laughs> um is that it's like really time to like take a rest I do have a question like following up on that though um I know whatever I don't really like to be like stereo like I don't really like to call on to stereotypes but whatever I'm Haitian and I'm hard-headed and I don't know about you Strav and like you're also I think the whole like the whole group were Caribbean like we're a little hard-headed and sometimes we're just like we don't want to listen like what finally makes you listen to your body <laughs> when you do start to feel like that signal I've been uh, ever since starting Wayward Wellness, I've been meditating more. Mm. Um, so for me to be able to do that properly, I have to listen to my body. 
Um, but I, I understand what you're saying because there are times where I'll have moments where like, I'll have to like go to a meeting um, with like one of my business partners. If I have to go to work or if I have to catch this or do that, where I know that um, I know that like I'm, my body is too tired from the millions of things that we are, we already previously had to do prior. When it comes to professional stuff that needs to be done, I kind of convince myself and say like, like, all right, today, if you just give me today, then I promise I will listen to you and give you tomorrow and we can rest. We can watch all the Netflix and all the Hulu and, and relax, but just let's get through today. Let's get through all the work we have to do for the, for business, the podcast, everything. And as much time you need afterwards, I will give you that. Okay. Interesting. And you, Ron? You? So, uh, so I don't like when I'm not at optimal, like Juan Dissimo strength. So, <laughs> so um, when I when I saw when I noticed that, like my one, I noticed that I'm not at full speed or at 110 percent like I usually am. I just tell myself, all right, it's gonna be one of those. It's one of those days. So I get through the day. And then when I get home, I do like a complete shutdown. Uh, I disconnect my Xbox, I disconnect my TV, I close my my windows, uh, I turn off the light in my bedroom, and then I just like lay there, think about the day, think about the last week, what I've done, what I should change, and then sleep it off. Like get my get an extra. Usually, usually I go to bed at, at somewhere around. I usually go to bed at like one a.m. or or midnight, and on days like that, I uh, I will go to bed at eight or nine. And just sleep it all out, get like the full hibernation or pseudo hibernation rather. And uh, I'll even call out of work the next day and say I'm not feeling good. So that way I get the full just reset button. Um, but it doesn't happen as often as I, as I would think. Uh, the last time it happened to me was actually last Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And I called out and I, took, I, I rested, I replenished myself, I recharged all my batteries. And previously, um, my best friend, well, Mike, as I mentioned earlier, he was in town from Washington. And I was talking to him. We got lunch, and he said, "When's the last time you called out of work?" And I said, "Oh, I haven't called out since September." And he said, "Bro, it's fine to take one day or relax aside from the weekend." And I said, "You know, it's true. You have to." So that's like that's my routine. If, if something if I don't feel right, I gotta just like get in there, knock everything else out, recharge, and then get back to it. And then the next day, I'll be one hundred and ten percent, knock everything out. Yeah, I'm similar to Juan, um, although I think my body takes a little bit longer to just like it doesn't take a one good night's sleep i think it takes about two to three days for me but i don't call out for two to three days i will do sometimes call out but like karen stated we can also work from home so i like strategically will either take one day where i'm like not on call and i don't have to check emails or check emails as frequently because let's be honest the kind of work culture we have now you kind of have to always be on but i i I Mm -hmm. also think it's important too because i remember when we first started the podcast we had an email from a listener asking for advice and we were like the advice we were giving her was just how like it's important to be able to give yourself those self-care days Mm -hmm. um then what i said to to her was it her was it a guy it was a she. Okay, what I said to her um, was that all the things when you're in a relationship that you would do for your boyfriend or your girlfriend, do those things for yourself. Have a day where you take yourself out to go see a movie. Uh-huh. Have a day where you treat yourself out to a nice dinner or a nice lunch. Uh-huh. Uh, 
maybe for once once in a blue moon buy yourself like that nice that nice outfit or shoes you want just have like a like a day specifically geared towards you because that's going to allow you your body your mind your spirit to be able to recharge and be better prepped for like the next days moving forward that like answered the question. I like literally had a question that said, what measure do you take to help heal? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's your, that's your reset button, your refresh. Mm-hmm. So then after you reset your button and like you recharge your battery and you understood what it felt like to feel like you were cracking under the pressure then like what do you take with you from that experience to maybe minimize the negative effects of burnout so you like don't burn out as quickly or like try to like stave off burnout for as long as possible like what do you proactively do for me i kind of notice like on my on my self-care days i kind of use that as an opportunity to like really like self-reflect and think about like the stuff that are really stressing me out, the stuff that are really bumming me out and then how I can better tackle them like the next week. So if I didn't like how a meeting went, then I'll, you know, kind of run simulations in my head, I guess, about how I can better improve them for the next go around. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't like, you know, if I didn't feel like I didn't get the best out of like a workout week, then I'll try to like, you know, refine it. Um, so I kind of try to like do a lot of self-evaluations and, kind of self-checks, see what isn't working, and then replace that for what does, and then move accordingly. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So for myself, um, in the sports world, we call it self-scouting. Like mm-hmm. when you yourself. Um, Again, with the patriarchy. Ugh. Yeah. Continue. Uh, <laughs> I got to stick to my stuff. Um, <laughs> you know that meme of, um, it's uh, when, when you said something with an argument with somebody and then you realize all things you could have said that could have been even better. Yeah. It's that. It's that. You think of like, okay, how could I have done better in a situation to avoid this? And how could I have done better? How can I fix this to be better for next time or to continue self-improvement? That's what I do for, I take, I like, well, like I said, when I recharge, I think about the last week or the last two weeks and how it's gone and how I can rectify that and make sure it doesn't repeat itself. I will also say this. Because even on on the show, I'm a huge advocate for this. Therapy is a huge help, like more more than people like will ever understand. Like I did, I was in therapy for a year, and she had me seeing things about myself that, like, as a stubborn Haitian, I refuse Uh to acknowledge. And Uh it's good to have like an outside like perspective that'll be able to like you know look at you from a from a uh, professional. professional mental health perspective and say hey you know this isn't the best thing that's going to be helping you how can we like fix that because a lot Mm -hmm. of times a lot of times it's hard for us to break stubborn habits and bad vices but if we have a professional mental um uh, mental professional kind of like guiding us through that it it really does help i got to go to Oh, it's amazing. And I I feel like I owe it to myself to do it once. I would say that in the previous episode, in the the first part of this, like, millennial burnout culture and, like, wellness and getting back on your feet, um, I did say, like, what triggered me going was because I was feeling one of those days, like, nothing. Not one of those days. It was, like, one of those months. Nothing was going right. Every time I made every single effort to get like to have like at least one day kind of like the bargaining you do with yourself strap to have 
one day um, where you're like, let me just get through this. I, that even that couldn't like I consistently, even if I was going to bed at the time that I'm supposed to kept oversleeping. So like, it was like one week where I just like kept waking up around 11 Um, and I was like sleeping for a really long time. And then when I woke up, I still felt exhausted and my work was a little subpar. And then I also had school, um, and then I had another place to get to, um, and my health was really waning and I like snapped, I snapped and like little things like, let me have a, let me have a morning routine. Cause I find that routines are very relaxing for me. Um, even that like one thing that didn't happen in my routine like just triggered me I was like so irritable because like my sleep was like crazy (laughs) and like in general I was just like feeling out of sorts so it was irritable and that snapped and I was like this is pretty out of character for me to be so upset about this one thing I need professional help so that was what triggered me is like a really bad bout of burnout actually is what triggered me to go to therapy i would right. say um it's life-changing telling you it's amazing yeah yeah i don't want to go though <laughs> yeah i mean um, to whenever you feel like it like you need it you know nobody nobody really just goes for like the heck of it but it's like if you ever have a moment where you feel like life is kind of getting too much with bills and and work and responsibilities and student loans and all that's just like weighing over your head so much. Mm-hmm. It really is like a great like like outlet, you know. Yeah, let's make it as I go. So I'll figure it out. I'll get there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have any like anything to add? I'm really again really appreciative this time we spent. The thing I'm gonna take away, me personally, is that like we are all in this together. I mean, it's hard, but like, I don't, I don't feel like, you know, isolated. There's no like, oh, it's just me and I'm not doing something right. I understand that like we can be doing things really like to the T and cross off everything and still like, if we're really successful, I think in in this day and age that success came at the, um, came at the cost of our own health. You know what I mean? And um, it's nice to know that like there, we understand what's happening. Um, and we're making a lot of strides to like protect ourselves. And it's not just me who's like, Oh, I need to like, um, I need to read and like go for a jog as part of my self care. Like everyone else has like that as a priority, which is really nice. It was nice to, it was nice to, um, know that like, it's not just me. Yeah, it's reassurance that yeah that we're all we're all in it. Mm-hmm. Go about mm-hmm. it. I think my my advice would be that, and it's even something I've been I'm practicing for 2019 as well to move through life without without fear or regret of choices. Because a lot of the times the, the choices we make are actually the best ones, but we get so in our heads, mm-hmm. we get so we begin overthinking so much that we end up messing up. Um, amazing opportunities that we can have come our way and i'm trying to teach myself this year to actually to not fear to not regret and to kind of just propel myself forward if something fails i know what not to do for the next step and if something succeeds then i know what's working for me yeah uh, we actually have um i have a thing that i've, I've said it on several episodes of the show 
um, that my mother and father always taught me. It's uh, I'd rather live a life of oh wells than what ifs. I'd rather have the crazy story of the thing that didn't go according to plan than I have a story at all. Yeah, what you said. Yeah, that's that's kind of like what I'm going for. Um, <laughs> but there was one last talking point that I did want to like, get to about yeah, also about being creative, uh, creatives of of a color and of how it adds a layer of us of spiritual or mental exhaustion. And for yeah, me, it doesn't um, exhaust me as much as it fuels me because. Mm. For the, so, for the, so the, the, one of the biggest things you hear as being a colored child in America, especially, is you've got to work twice as hard to go just as far. Okay. Have you heard that at some point in your life, right? And I think that while that mantra is diminishing over time, as there is a lot of people of color successful in our country, uh-huh. it's just something that you have to keep in the back of your mind. So it's not something that exhausts me as much as it fuels me to to beat the bad statistic and add to and add to the good one to be to 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 be beyond just a number of this person failed but to add to more of us are doing more with less than was ever provided for us by otherworldly powers you know and i think that mm. um we're always thinking about a lot a lot of times we're always thinking about the next generation like they're the future they're the future the future is now and you got to set a good precedent and you've got a trailblaze for people to keep going what you're doing. So mm-hmm. I think that if you were to, to, to not only have the torch, but to ignite it even more so mm-hmm. and to try to brighter and who's going to continue that. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, my mother kind of raised me the same way where she, you know, she was always like when you, as you grow up and you enter certain spaces, people see the color of your skin before they see anything else about mm-hmm. you. So, you know, same thing as I said earlier, you know, her advice and something I've always taken with me is to always have your achievements speak louder than you do. Have them see your achievement before they even see your color, before they even see you. So that way you don't have to worry about how to kind of make yourself known because they'll already want to know you. Um, Being children of immigrants, there is um, there is uh, the, you know, work ethic that is instilled in us. I um. I think I'm more nuanced and like, I guess like that <laughs> having experienced what I have experienced and not like, Oh, I need to like really use that to drive myself. I do think like, um, I do think that is like a great basis. Um, but like, there are going to be moments where like, I'm, I'm going to just like have to like, just be like either take some time off there is so much innovation and creativity as there has have been over like, you know, over, over the years and like our, our culture even is a testament to like how brilliant <laughs> people of color are. And, but I do find for myself that like I would used to, I love Mindy Kaling so much and she's still a huge um, inspiration oh, yeah. to me and Issa Rae. And I find that I would like, be like, oh, they are women of color and children of immigrants and they're doing it and I got to be like them. I kind of like um, kind of changed that, like the whole like exceptionalism where like I was like, I need to do this until like I'm very happy for my sisters in this and like I am my own person and I'm going to get there when I'm going to get there. 
it is really nice to see like kind of what Juan was getting at. Like it's nice to see and to know that they're, you know, we're not the only ones who got that same speech. (laughs) And we even, I think even our mediocrity is twice as far. Let's be honest. Even our mediocrity is twice as far. Our our failures or like trials or tribulations, not only are the walls twice as high, but Mm -hmm. when the wall is twice as far. Mm -hmm. So, so good. We have a segment where we do highlights, um, and we personally highlight um, people who we think are kicking ass and whatnot. And I just wanted to say, um, give you guys a space to like basically highlight yourselves because I'm all about that self promotion. Thank you. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. Um, as I tell my friends and uh, my girlfriend consistently when they try to like, hype me up for like doing things uh we're just guys who talk about feelings that's mm-hmm. it we're just guys who talk about feelings and we're doing a pretty good job from what we heard but uh that's we're nothing particularly special we're just uh using our platforms to the best of our ability mm-hmm. and it's kind of for me it's kind of as long as you know we we know that we're continuing to help people take their mental wellness their mental health seriously and and all kind of forms of wellness and i feel like you know it, it we're doing a good job and that that could make me happier. Yeah. 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 So do you guys have anything specific in the pipeline that our listeners should be um, privy to, be on the lookout for? Well, right now, um, uh, our network, the podcast network we belong to, the True Conversation Network, they are mm-hmm. doing a campaign that um, it's a online campaign that's meant to uh, push forward the message of mental health and how to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it, called um hashtag i struggle i thrive so mm-hmm. the goal that they had is that they would like people to kind of post pictures about themselves on instagram or post a tweet on twitter and basically like talk about what kind of struggle they've gone to how they've thrived through it um and then post it online with the hashtag so if anybody's interested in joining part of that we've had a couple of people uh post things um so we, we love that people are, are finding the strength to share and to build a community uh, within this campaign. So if anybody is, is interested in uh, joining and being a part of that, uh, you could just post on Instagram or Twitter, um, hashtag I struggle, I thrive. And um, yeah, we'd love to hear your stories. Yeah, we'd love to hear everyone's stories. It's a, it's a, it's a fantastic campaign that we're both um, not only proud to introduce, but we're also a part of. And Shrav and I have both made several posts about it, um, different struggles we've endured and how we have thrived through them and beyond them and uh, overcome our would-be trials and tribulations. So power to anyone and everyone who feels that, um, that they want to share their story and we welcome each and everyone. We'll participate and hopefully anyone who's listening um, hears this and like it resonates with them and can also participate with the uh, the Tomorrow Talk guys. Thanks so much, guys, for being on the uh, From the Bronx with Love podcast. Right. Thank you very much Thank for you. having us. Continue to walk it like you talk it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this podcast was executive produced by Karen Almonte. You can follow us on social media to keep up with your favorite Bronx ladies. From the Bronx with Love is part of Anthology House Media.